Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Team. Well, the starting lineups for this afternoon's ball game. This is another Astros podcast. For Houston, Jimmy Wynn in center field. Wynn in center. Here's a pitch. Swung on, drive up the middle, and Wynn cuts over. I don't believe he get it. He dies, he does. He makes a miracle grab. Goes to first base. Double play. Fans, you would have to be here to see it. He was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he had a chance to play close to home in Cincinnati for many years. He lived just a few blocks from Crosley Field. The Red Star players like Frank Robinson and Veda Pinson used to drive their convertibles through his neighborhood. He got their autographs, and he shagged home runs outside the ballpark with a terrace in left field, selling them to help his family put food on the table at night. But Jimmy Wynn was not destined to play for the Reds. They made a costly mistake. They failed to protect him on their 40-man roster, and the Houston Colt 45 selected him in the draft in 1962. The 5'8 speedy outfielder earned the nickname the Toy Cannon in Houston because of his tape measure home runs. He packed a powerful throwing arm on his small 5'10", 160 frame as well. The converted shortstop entered the big leagues in 1963 at age 21. Gene Elston was at the mic for his first major league hit. Nobody out, nobody on base. Bob Lillis, the shortstop, or rather the third baseman, will be up next. Fran checks a sign again now with his catcher, Smokey Burgess. Here's the right-hander's windup in the pitch, and Wynn hits a line shot base hit. Left center field. Makes the turn at first now, picked up by Burden, and Wynn is on with his first major league hit. A line shot the left center. By the next season, Wynn was still in the Houston lineup part-time. He provided a memorable finish to the final game at Colts Stadium in the 12th inning. Houston nothing, Los Angeles nothing. Last of the 12th. With two outs, Rusty Staub at second, Bob Aspromati at first. And a one ball, no strike count on Jim Wynn. Arms down again by Paranowski. Pitch on the way. Ground ball, base hit down the left field line. It's all over, and Houston wins one to nothing. Jimmy Wynn is singled over third. And the 45s have taken the ball game one to nothing with Rusty Staub scoring from second base. Bob Bruce is the first one out to grab Wynn. He gives him a big hug. And Bruce has just pitched a 12-inning shutout against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the 45s, as they started the National League and finished here at Cole Stadium with a win. Another important part of the Toy Cannons game was his speed. 
He stole home in the Astrodome's first year, June 30th, 1965. He stole 43 bases that year. Infield is dropped back with two outs. Houston leading 5-4. to four. Jimmy went on third. Here comes Wynn all the way on this one now, and it's a steal at home. Jimmy Wynn is stolen home. Well, that's the first one for Wynn. That's the first time in his National League career that he has stolen home. And that is his 15th stolen base of the year. And it's Houston now 6-4. The pitch was high to Ellis. And by the time Haller got the ball down, Jim was in safely with a steal at home. In 1967, back home at Crosley Field, Wynn shocked Lowell Pass and the motorists on Interstate 75. Wynn swings and drives deep into left field. Look at this one go, everybody. Up to the scoreboard. It's over the scoreboard, bouncing up onto the freeway. I can see it up there where those automobiles are going. Look at that drive. You talk about a tape measure shot. That has got to be the longest home run I have ever seen hit in Crosley Field or hit out of it. No question about it. Look at Jimmy Wynn. He ripped 37 long balls that year. Six weeks later, Wynn exploded at cavernous Forbes Field in Pittsburgh with Harry Callis in all. There it goes deep into center field. Way, way back goes Matty Alou, and that ball is in astro orbit. Oh, did he hit it. To straightaway center field, it is 457 feet, and Wynn hit it over that point in center field. A three-run home run is 25th of the year, and the little dynamo, the toy cannon, now has 76 runs batted into the year. What a shot. Over 11 seasons, Wynn blasted 223 homers and stole 180 bases for Houston. This was number 200. August 25th, 1972, off Montreal's Mike Marshall. To Daniel with a jump off of first. Here's the pitch to win and a fly ball to left field. It's going to go, I think. It's a home run for win, number 200. He also drew 847 walks. His 37 home runs in 1967 stood as the club record for 27 years. He was traded to the Dodgers after 1973 and led L.A. to the 1974 World Series. Wynn hit 291 career home runs and had 225 steals. His uniform number 24 was retired in a ceremony in 2005. If you want more Astros history and the story of the World Series triumph, Houston's team, Houston's title on Amazon benefits the Astros Foundation. No matter the feat, no matter the achievement, we never settle. We define what it means to be great. They say hard work pays off, that you have to earn it, but it's never enough. Yesterday is over. It's all about tomorrow. We play for the age, the glory, the legacy. This is our town, our title. Never give up, never compromise, never settle. The GM, Jeff Luno. One of the things that AJ and I have both committed to is that uh, last year was great. It was last year. We're not going to talk about it. We talked about it a lot during the season. We talked about it during the postseason. We talked about it after the postseason. This is a new year, and we're focused on, on 2018. That being said, the plan that Jim Crane had in 2011 when he hired me and when he bought this team was to get the Astros relevant as soon as possible 
and then win multiple championships. So we're on our way towards our goal. We certainly by no stretch have achieved it, and we're not going to rest on our laurels. We really feel like we have an opportunity <clears throat> to continue building on what we've done. And while the path hasn't always gone the way we've expected it to, uh, we did end up with the first major milestone last year. But there are more to come, and we're intensely focused on that. And I do appreciate uh, Jim, his vision, his support. Our payroll is at an all-time high for the organization, and it's going to continue to climb. And so we have had everything that we need from baseball operations, support from the organization, and support from our ownership. And I, I very much appreciate that. So um, how do we top last year? It's easy. We'll just do it again. Okay. Sounds easy. It's not, not easy. We've seen a lot of teams try it, and a lot of teams have, have failed in their attempt to repeat. And we know, as well as anybody, that it's going to be incredibly challenging. We're going to have a tough schedule. We're going to be playing more night games. Travel's going to be more intense. Everybody's going to gear up to play us. Uh, and it's just hard. It's hard to repeat. We saw the Cubs get off to a slow start last year. Um, they had a successful end of their season, made it to the championship series. And, and that's great, but um, we'd like to go a little bit further. And so we're very focused on, on that. Now, next year or this year, sorry, we've got some real uh, pluses on our side. We're going to have Justin Verlander from spring training until the, through the postseason. That's great. We had him for September and October last year. And boy, what an impact he made and how much fun it'll be to have him with our staff, uh, in our staff all year long. Uh, we have Garrett Cole, one of the premier pitchers in the National League, first draft picks in 2011, and one of the big horses uh, in the game, and he's going to be in our rotation as well. So if you think about how well we did last year with only a month of regular season Verlander and none of uh, Garrett Cole, uh, those two additions I think are going to be a real positive for our team. We also have a young core of players that now have a little more experience under their belts. If you think about Correa and Springer and Altuve and McCullers and Bregman and all the great young players that we've been able to acquire and that helped us win last year, that experience last year, as much as the 15 experience was good for them and I think kept them focused this year in the postseason, the experience of having gone through the grind of the postseason last year is going to be very beneficial for all of our, uh, our young and, and older players. We did lose a couple players to uh, retirement and Beltran and free agency and Gregerson uh, but, um, and Liriano, but we um, <clears throat> focused on replacing our lost players with players that really would be complementary and additive to our team, specifically in the bullpen. And the additions of Joe Smith and Hector Rondon, I think, are perfect additions for our team both makeup-wise as well as what they're going to be able to do on the mound. So we're excited about that. So our team is, is on paper, is very strong. I'd, I'd be surprised if there was a team that was stronger than us on paper, but that's all it is at this point is on paper. We've got our work cut out, and Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday starts the real work of preparing for the regular season and then hopefully getting off to a good start and having a deep postseason run again. I think the keys for us... Uh, this year are going to be staying healthy, and that's that's constant across all teams. Uh, right now, I'm happy to report that we have a very healthy group coming into camp. 
Uh, it won't, you know, obviously as happens every year, there'll be some things that come up during camp and some things that have come up during early in the season and we're poised to address those. But right now, our group is about as healthy as you could possibly hope for. Uh, the other key part of it is going to be staying focused. And I know that there have been numerous distractions this offseason uh, because it was a short offseason and there were a lot of demands on our players, on our staff, on everybody. And we want to give back to the community and share everything with them. But at the same time, we've got to keep our players focused. So there'll probably be times when we're going to limit access where we might not be as uh, open in, in allowing our players to do things or us as accessible just and, and please don't take it personally it's going to be because we have to stay focused we can't continue the celebration into the regular season we have to stay focused and and the goal is to win in, in 2018 and we know we're going to be challenged there's going to be periods of time where the team struggles and individuals struggle but um, we have a tremendous coaching staff and uh, it's it's pretty rare that uh, you turn over as many people as we did on our coaching staff for a World Series champion, uh, but the new additions that we have uh, coming in are outstanding coaches with, with great experience, and the folks that left all left for uh, great promotions elsewhere, and that happens when you're having success. So we were happy for them. We're happy for the people we were able to bring in, and AJ's going to do a tremendous job of getting the new staff pulled together during spring training, and I don't think we're going to skip a beat. In fact, if anything, I think we'll have as good a staff, if not better, than last year. So <clears throat> we have gotten this point by making significant investments. We made, it, you literally could put together a team of players that we have traded and released um, that make a very good major league team uh, between the Giles trade and uh, the Casimir trade, the Gomez trade, all the different things that we did, um, the Verlander trade, the Cole trade. There's a lot of talent that we had and have accumulated in this organization that we sent outside in order to give us this opportunity to win now. And we've also increased our payroll. You all remember the days in 2012 and 2013 where it was the lowest in the league. And uh, we now are very close to, uh, we're above the midpoint, we're, we're climbing, we're getting into the top 10. And it's, it's, we're spending it wisely, but we're definitely making the investments. So there's, there's been a tremendous organizational investment in getting to this point and making sure that we capitalize on the fact that we have an opportunity to win multiple championships in the next few years. <clears throat> that being said, we are cognizant, and I am especially vigilant of the future, because we do not want this to be win once, maybe even win twice, and then have to go through the process that the organization went through in 2006 all the way through until you know 2014 and 15 when we emerged out of it. That's not going to happen again. So we're being very careful about uh, how we look after the future. And we still, if you, if you look at a lot of the third-party ratings of farm systems, we're still ranked 10th, 11th, 12th, something in that, certainly in the top half and sometimes in the top third. And that's great because if you look at some of the other teams that have achieved success recently, they're systems are ranked 28th, 29th, 30th. So we've been able to do this while maintaining a healthy pipeline of future players. And I think that's going to bode really well for us as we need to fill needs this season and in the seasons to come, and also to be able to promote players and watch them come up and, and help us continue to, to have success. All right, time for our next guest. Uh, Jeff's done a lot of things right with us. Uh, made a lot of good decisions. I think 
right at the top of the list is when he decided to make our next guest his manager. Uh, he's brought a winning culture here since his first year in 2015. We made the playoffs that first year, uh, first time in 10 years. Um, I think a key to a good manager, and everybody will say this, is just knowing your players. you got to know your players, and this guy knows his players very well. I think it was remarkable, the unconventional way he really, the decisions he made in the postseason. Uh, unconventional is one way you could describe, you know, Justin Verlander comes in relief in the ALDS up in Fenway Park. Uh, the way he utilized Peacock, McCullers, uh, Morton, pitching in relief in Game 7. Uh, sticking with George Springer after a tough run in the playoffs and uh, in the leadoff spot. I think it was easy for him, but a lot of people were hollering to make a switch because George was struggling. But again, he knows George. He knows his players. I think that's why he's so successful. But uh, for his efforts, he was named the uh, Baseball America Manager of the Year. He won Best Manager Award by the Esurance uh, MLB Awards and also the Boston uh, Baseball Writers Chapter. Uh, the Boston Chapter of the Baseball Writers named him Manager of the Year as well. We think he's as good as any manager in baseball. Please welcome A.J. Hinch. You know, first off, I want to say thank you. Um, first to Jeff, you know, for building this team uh, that we currently have. Obviously, the team that we had before was was pretty exceptional, but uh, believe it or not, we got better. Uh, so thank, thanks to Jeff and Jim for the, for the continued efforts. I want to say thanks to you guys for helping us uh, spread the word and get our coverage out there. I get to interact with you guys. I've seen most of you guys this offseason, but if I, if I haven't, uh, on the front end of the season, I want to thank you for your efforts. It's a, you guys have a tireless job just like we do. I'm not always in the best mood to answer the questions, but uh, I do appreciate the relationships that are built and the, and the partnership that Jeff spoke of uh, you know, with the media. Uh, to our fans, you know, I want to thank you for uh, really an incredible offseason. Uh, I think the World Series will last forever. Uh, obviously, we're going to hang a banner that, that, that will never come down. Um, but the stories that I've been told in gas stations and coffee shops and restaurants and, and, and at my kids' schools and all the different ways from Astros fans has been uh, nothing short of moving. The, these, the people around Houston that, that we've been able to celebrate together for the year, uh, I give great thanks for, for reminding me why we do this and, and why we are so entrenched in this city. Uh, so thank you to all you. Now, on the front end, I also want to thank all of you that I just mentioned for letting us turn the page. Uh, I'm going to be the one guy that's going to be tasked with uh, getting that mindset change that Jeff's talking about, from talking about what was wonderful 2017 to what's ahead in 2018. We're going to have a couple new players that are, um, that are no longer with us. We're going to have a couple of players that, that are joined that have nothing to do with 2017. So the faster that we all can start talking about 2018, the better. Because uh, believe it or not, even though, you know, we come in pretty good, we can get better. And, and so, you know, f to, to talk about 2018, where I see us coming into the season, I love the fact, and I knocked on wood, Jeff, when you said they're all healthy, because uh, we are. I, I want to talk about your imagination a little bit. Um, and it's probably something that I'll explain to our players when they get there, because I want you to imagine uh, a team that has the smallest guy in the league with the biggest heart and the reigning MVP. And I want you to imagine a team that has more energy than, than a team that you've probably ever witnessed before, and it starts at the top uh, with the guy who's going to continue to lead off. It's a breaking news. George Springer is going to be our leadoff hitter. Okay? Uh, I want you to imagine some superstars being sprinkled throughout the field to where at one point 
the bottom of the order is going to lead the team in hitting uh, as a trio, just as good as most middle of the orders. Okay, I want you to imagine having multiple opening day starters to where it doesn't matter who starts opening day, it matters who starts that day. Okay, I want you to imagine a bullpen that's put together to where matchups are accepted and maybe perfect roles are not needed. Okay, I want you to imagine celebrating with a million fans uh, in the Houston streets. Okay, so, and then I want you to imagine if we do it again. That's why we do this, and that's why we're here. Now, there's some teams that are going to have something to, uh, to say about it. Now, I should probably thank the teams around the league, and there's been a number of them, uh, of somebody in the organization texting me saying, hey, we're coming after you, and you should. I think the drive up to Dallas is going to be a little bit interesting for our fans. I think the team in New York is going to have something to say with it. Last couple of weeks ago, I was, I was in New York, and I was sitting at the, I was telling the story earlier, I was sitting at the table right sitting here in front of Jose Altuve getting his, his MVP award. And on this side of the table were, uh, was, was Carlos Correa and, and Jose Altuve. On this side was Stanton and Judge. And they may be big, but that doesn't mean they're going to beat us. Okay? And to the fans that were outside that, that New York writer's dinner, that were telling me that I better enjoy the ring because it's the last one since the Yankees are back, I thank you too, because I will enjoy that damn ring. Okay? Um, so I, I cannot wait to get to spring training. Some of it is to, to talk about 2018, but most of it is just to continue to develop what, what culture uh, is all about in, in our clubhouse. So, um, you know, with that, I look forward to seeing you guys. You should come down. There's, I think there's going to be a few people that visit our camp. I think there's going to be some conversations about. Uh, the rotation, there's going to be some conversations about the closer, there's going to be some conversations about the batting order because it is the best time of the year. And we all get to share it together uh, as we start to build this because the other thing I'm going to remind our team and I'll remind everybody here, we haven't won a game yet. And we got to win a lot of them to get to where we want to get to. Uh, so if we start with a winning week, doesn't suck that it might start in Dallas. Uh, we need to start with a winning series, and we'll get to a winning week, we'll get to a winning month, we'll get to a winning first half, get to a winning season, win that division again, and see what happens in, in October. That is why we do what we do. And to be able to be the team that has a chance to repeat means we did something pretty good last season. It doesn't mean that it's guaranteed for this season. So we will put the work in. We will have high character. We will have high energy. You will see this emotion out of our players. Uh, because we are going to try to win because it's 2018. We're not trying to defend anything. We're trying to win 2018. So come along for the ride. Ask me the questions along the way. And, uh, and here's to a successful 2018. This has been a production of the Houston Astros Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 